Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting that bell icon so you don't miss any of the great videos we come up. Obviously, we've got interviews coming up daily, but sometimes two, three times a day. Every interview, every memory, uh, whether it's from a fan or an ex-player or a celeb, it's all brilliant stuff. So make sure you don't miss any of them, including today. I'm a bit of a fanboy, I'll be honest, John. Um, he played, uh, he made over 200 appearances for the club across nine years. Um, not really much you can say, you know, he's here, he's there, he's every uh, effing where. It's, it's John Monker. How you doing, Jonks? Fantastic. Fantastic, mate. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you very much. How's, uh, I know everyone says it, but how's lockdown treating you? Yeah, all right, now. Now the golf course is open, so uh, I'm getting out. Yeah, it was a little bit hard at first, to be honest with you. Mm. But I ended up, I took up running again. My knee's a little bit dicky now, so... Because before that, I hadn't run for a couple of years. So uh, it's all right. It's just getting your, your mental side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I yeah. get that. And talking, I mean, talking about that, uh, when I signed, I just had a thing there, a vision, mental side. I signed on the same day as Joey Bochamp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, I remember him. God. Because I remember talking to Harry and Billy Bonds, and uh, they went to me, listen, we signed a fantastic player here today as well. You know, because obviously I had Chelsea sniffing. Yeah. So I went, oh, yeah. He's, they said, yeah, Joey Bochamp. He said he's uh, from Oxford. And to be fair, he, he was quite talented. Yeah, yeah. So I said, lovely. You know, that's good then anyway. Cut a long story short. Two days later, I'm sitting on the bus with him. We're going to uh, Eastbourne. And he says to me, I didn't realise it was two and a half hours from Oxford. So I said, oh, no. He went, I've got to leave. I said, you're having a fucking laughing, yeah? <laughs> and this is a true story. I said, I said, I wouldn't go public with that one. I said, <laughs> they'll lynch you. But he did. And he lasted, I think he lasted about a week and a half or something yeah. like that. Ridiculous. Yeah, he did. So, so in terms of that story, because obviously, you know, we, we, as I said, we try and get, we try and do the, uh, find out sort of the origins. So we'll go a bit before then, because obviously you're a West Ham boy. In your born and bred, you know, yeah. and is is that you know was West Ham always going to be your club when you support? You know, obviously from a kid. 
Well, I yeah, I mean, I signed for Tottenham when I was eleven, yeah. but uh, obviously my mum and dad, their parents was all out of bow, all out of Stepney, mm-hmm. so it was one of those we we moved out of the East End when I was about seven or eight. Uh, but obviously the desire to play for West Ham because the connections yeah. was was massive. So when when uh, Chelsea did agree a million or whatever it was at the time with West Ham. It was a, a big decision for me because obviously Oddwood took me to Swindon and he, of course, yeah. he was then, yeah. So it basically uh, kick-started my career, really. He knew me from a kid at Tottenham. So that was probably the big thing. But when I met Billy and uh, sat down and then it, it was just one of those moments that you just knew it was right. Your heart rolled your head a little bit. I suppose Chelsea was a bigger club, maybe at the time, in terms of, you know, would they offer you a better deal or whatnot. But I just wanted to sign the West Ham. So it was uh, it was all tied up within a day. Yeah. And that was it. And the rest was history. The nine years. I mean, you know, incredible well, role for a player. Well, to be honest, that's the thing. Like, you look back and uh, Chelsea went to... Uh, the money part was pumped into the club. But then I look back and think, well, from a personal level, I couldn't have had a nine years, a better time at a club. I become a, I had an affiliation with the fans and obviously it suited me. It suited my character, I think, that club. I loved the training ground. I loved the, the lads. I loved everything about it. And the history of West Ham and everything else. And uh, as I say, I look back, I made the right decision, 100%. Oh, totally. I'm so you did, John. And you said, yeah, you alluded to that, you know, the, the, the sort of characters you had, you know, nine years, you know, you had some, some characters and some, some stories. What was it like at that training ground? You know, when you're, when you're on, your, on it in terms of, uh, you know, your, your classic pranks and everyone else, a mad dog. And what was it like? Did you, it just must, must have been like every day you must have been on what's going to well, happen next. I know people say, oh, well, you do miss the lads, but that was it. It was, it yeah. was fantastic. I mean, if you was a little bit down and you'd had a, a bad week in terms of losing, you'd brighten each other up. It was, a, it was a place where it was, you know, the banter was there all the time. And I think Harry saw that as well. Harry Redknapp saw that because Billy left after a few weeks yeah, when I was course. there, which was bad. But I think Harry got together characters that it suited uh, the way we was as a group. So if you had, say, half a dozen of us that were strong British characters, if you like, then we got a long way on that team spirit, I think. Yeah. And, you know, the everyday band, you couldn't let your guard down, mate. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I just used to laugh. Some days I'd come home, I'd have the, uh, I'd sit indoors when I'd get <laughs> in and just couldn't stop that. My guts were killing me from laughing at what happened, you know, during the day. But uh, it was brilliant, brilliant times. Yeah, no, sadly, yeah. I mean, obviously, you hear all the all the stories, and yeah, you, know, you coming out, you know, with your hair painted on white and and naked. I mean, then actually, it was funny. We interviewed a, um, a fan, and he was at the training ground that day, and uh, they, you know, when they used to hang around Chadwell Heath, and sometimes they let him in, and then and then you, it was the last time he was allowed back, unfortunately. When you came in, start put naked with your hair white, absolutely mental. Well, I thought the problem was when I when it. It was cold, freezing cold. The lads used, especially the foreign boys, used to nick the kit. And I thought, well, I've got to make a stand here. So I went to Eddie and I loved it. And I said, Ed, tracksuit, mate. He went, I only was in the bin, Monk. 
I said, well, it's not going in the bin. So I thought, right, that's it. So I've peeled off. I just had my boots on and I come flying out and there was this massive puddle and I went like done a cleansman through it, jumped up in the air and I said, right, I'm taking the warm up today, boys. But the thing was, Harry had seen me tear past his, his window. So he's had a double take. He's come flying out of the office. Get him in here. Get So anyway, I've gone in the office. He said, we've got sly cameras here. Are you mad? I said, well, I'm telling you, unless I get a tracksuit every day when I want one, I've been here seven years, I said, I'm doing it every time. He went, right, 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 we'll sort it out, we'll sort it out. He said, Eddie, make sure he's always got a top or a tracksuit put by for him, whatever you do. So that was the, uh, it worked. Yeah, so it worked, didn't it? And I, I think also that time was like that Harry, Harry period, as I call it, as a fan, that was the most exciting time, I think, for being a West Ham fan in my career, yeah. fan career. Because it was, you had, as you said, a, a real nice bunch of, of characters which you could relate to. Plus you had, yeah. it was like a soap opera. You know, then, you know, then, then Paolo Futre would turn up or, you know, then there, and then De Canio. And, you know, it was just every way, it's every game. It was just it like... Was. It was people like, uh, the foreigners mixed in, they couldn't believe it half the time. No. I mean... One fella, I did laugh, that Davos Suga come out and uh, he was a golden boot by Real Madrid two years. And he, there was something wrong with his groin. I don't know, he couldn't kick the ball. I said, you fucking, you've got the golden wellington here, I said. The way you're playing, like, that was the banter. So he, he, I got on well with him. So I was buying a few shares at the time and he gave me this, he said, look, because he was very uh, high up with a lot of people. Sure. So he said, I've got some shares for you, Monk. He said, because obviously... The lads, you, I had a few disasters because I was buying and selling a few shares. Didn't know what I was doing, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just like having a gamble. Anyway, this uh, share, so he went, right, two weeks' time, there's a, a warning, there's a statement coming out. We'll, we'll, we'll have it, yeah. We'll have our money back. So Harry's here in here, Wiggy. So Harry's gone, uh, what's that then? Anyway, we all had a bit of this share. We're waiting two weeks later. It fell out, the bottom fell out of it. They had a profits morning. We've all done our dough, right? So, in training, I'm steaming into him, crack, kicking him up in the air, smash. Like, and in the end, Dave, I used to call him Dave's getting up game. Harry, and he's going, play on, what's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> Enough to say, I've done me dough and all. Kick him some more, he's going. But it was all in good taste, you know what yeah. I mean? Exactly. That's that, that's that's what you get. And you know, you just seen. I mean, I was rewatching that Bradford City game, and obviously, you scored that in that game. That game. Um, good goal, I remember? Um, and someone was talking to me about that game the other day, and that just epitomised that whole era for me because it had everything. It had like you know something like that happens in every game, yeah. but it was just an amalgamation. The fact is, you know, I on the Saturday I turn up and we were playing Bradford. I didn't think we we're going to have a game that we still talk about. 20 odd years later, do you know what I mean? Such a yeah. mental. Yeah. Well, it was, it, as you say, I had everything. I think Shaka broke his leg. He did. Uh, yeah. on. Uh, I scored and then couldn't get my shirt back on. And then I had a row with Harry half time because he's, I'll give a penalty away straight, straight after. Straight after, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, he's like, I can put, you know, you're taking your shirt off. That's why you give the penalty away. He couldn't get back on. So I've said, well, Fuck me, let me enjoy it. I said, I ain't scored for about six months. So it was like, you know. <laughs> and then second half, we had like 4-2 down and 
we had the infamous penalties, didn't we? Di Canio got fouled. He probably, out of them four fouls, or two of them were blatant penalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, yeah. He had his head off, didn't he? He had a, a nearly went off, take me off and all that. Then, uh, then they had the wrestle over the penalty when we finally got one. And it was just fantastic. And then Joey Cole and Frank Lampard scored the two sort of, you know, the young boys, we called them. Yeah. Scored the, the two goals. I think we won, was it 5-4? Five, 5-4, four? Five, four, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, what was funny as well, Stevie Bywell was quite a character. Yeah. He had a lot of confidence and uh, he was only young, but he had a nightmare that day. Mm. And it was the first game where we had them screens around the side. Yeah. We put them up and someone's had a shot. He's already let two in. Someone's had a shot going to the walls to think. But he's looking up at the self on the screen because they've got him on the screen. And the old crowd sort of said, you know, Harry. <laughs> screaming at him because he ain't even looking at the game. But uh, yeah, it was a mad game. It was, but, but that's the thing. Something like that happened in every game in that era. Do you know what I mean? There was always something or there's, I don't know, you know, a moment of genius from Paolo or, or you having yeah. a giggle or you were maybe on the sub having a giggle with the linesman. You know, there was always something going on. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I think people look at that era so much. Because so, yeah. we were bad as well. We were a good team. We was. And we got, we got uh, in Europe through yeah. the total. But having said that as well, we come fifth the next year. Exactly. And didn't qualify like. So we had a we had a real good team now and it was a good blend, as you say. There was characters, there was good players. Uh, and we got on a we went from a relegation team really the first mm. year I signed yeah. up to that area era and we was more of a top half team. Yeah. So to be fair to Harry, he, he assembled a good squad of players there mm. in the end. And we was very lucky that we had Rio Ferdinand come through, Carrick, Cole, yeah. Lampard, so Defoe in the end. So it was a little bit of a... And, and you need that in a club. You need your, your own grown players coming through with, you know, assembling a good squad, which mm. we did. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think I think because you got that yeah, that thread, as you said, of like homegrown talent, academy boys, you know, West Ham yeah. fans like yourself in the team as well. It, yeah. I, it, you could really relate to that team. Do you know what I mean? In Particularly now in the modern yeah. game, I think because everyone buggers off after about two or three seasons. Yeah. You don't get that that sort of, apart from maybe Mark Noble and, you know, because obviously he's yeah. been around for 10 years now, you know. You don't get that association yeah. with the players anymore now, which is a shame because I think, you know, that's why I loved your era. And obviously the era before, you had obviously the Gowleys and, and Tony Cotties and people like that because yeah. they stayed around for a long time. Um, well, listen, you're right. And, and, and you do, you get a feeling for the club. It means something. Yeah. You know, I know we like to laugh, but to be honest, we trained hard. Yeah. We worked hard. We love to laugh, right? But there's no way that you go home after a defeat and not be disappointed because, yeah. you know, I had, I had so many West Ham fans with my mates as well, course, which makes yeah. it even harder. You know, yeah. they're not going to let off the hook. <laughs> so, it, 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 you know, especially the boys coming through, through the academies, it means something, yeah. you know, and it goes a long way there. No, you don't. Definitely, definitely. And, and, that's, and that's what sort of the whole point of this channel is to sort of 
talk to different fans, but also players from different eras, because it's about the stories that's around that time, but also the players, as you said. And we try and do this Hammers 11 thing. So the idea being is, you know, picking players, from, the, from a player's perspective, people they played with. Now, obviously, you know, you, everyone's done it. Everyone's done it. You know, Mad Dog, they've all done them. You know, uh, Gailey, you know, they've all done them. So, you know, it, it's, it's quite interesting to see the players that meant something to them. You know, like a classic example is someone like Pete Butler. So Pete Butler doesn't get yeah. any fans 11 really but most of the players like Martin Allen um, Steve Jones people like that so we, we really revered him as, as a player and I've had to no, you know played with him for a year there yeah he exactly, was uh, yeah. I actually played with him and all a few years before alone at Cambridge City Cambridge yeah. United yeah, yeah. when I went there. and I got on really well with him you know we was a we, we tell, uh, dovetailed well in the midfield there and but he was, he was like uh, 100% Duracell. Yeah. Work, never left anything out there. You know what I mean? World oh, yeah. Artist. So, yeah, he was, a, he was a good player. But he sadly ain't in my 11. No, no, no. I wouldn't think so because yeah, he didn't really sort of play much of him. But when I interviewed him, he's obviously he's a national manager of Liberia. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I interviewed him and he's in Liberia in a, a complex which is owned by George Weir, who's the president of Liberia as well. Mental. Right. He's, got, he's, got, he's, he's yeah, and he was Botswana national team manager as well. <laughs> absolutely brilliant, great stories. Yeah. So <laughs> it was actually, you know, because he phoned me. He said, oh, "I'm gonna, I've got to make sure my laptop's on charge in case there was a power cut." And I thought, "Oh, maybe he's like in, in Yorkshire, you know, because he's up north, you know, in some sort of." Yeah. No, Liberia. no, 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 Liberia. Um, mind you, he was a bit mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad. Great character. Yeah, 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 really good guy. Right, okay, let's go back to your 11, John. So, 4-4-2, yeah. we try and keep it, mainly because I'm not very good at video editing, um, more than anything, um, <laughs> which is all right for people of my generation, because I, you know, I've had to learn as well this process, you know, interviewing the more experienced fans, you know, they left offs. I never knew what a left off was, an inside left, and I've learned all this stuff yeah, yeah. now. But, yeah, we'll keep 4-4-2. So, for you, okay. Mons, who's your, who's your goalie? Who's in goal? Uh, well, I'll be honest, I would obviously say Ludo, but yeah. do you know what? For the couple of years that he, I played with him, was David James was outstanding. Good chat, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, he, he come to West Ham after the calamity James saga, uh, mm. Liverpool and all that, he was an absolute fantastic goalkeeper. I mean, that particular couple of years, I think there was probably, you'd go a dozen goals that another keeper would have saved. Uh, because he was, you know, he was six foot five. He was a complete athlete, he was built yeah. like a you know, quarterback. He could throw the ball further than most people could kick it. Yeah. But again, he would come out and demand his ball. He was fantastic in the air, you know, catching and and shot stopping. And uh, yeah, I think he'd found his confidence at West Ham. So I'll mm. put him in purely because of that. What I saw in him two years, he was uh, probably the best goalkeeper in the league at the time. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and you're right. I mean, we've been all right. You know, you just re reeled off like Ludo, David James, Shaka, you know, uh, Fabianski. It's, a, it's one position I think West Ham never, never really has a problem. Well, we had a problem a little little while ago when, when Fabianski was Well, you got Bill Parks, isn't it? Yeah, Bill all the way to Parksy and, and he, Ernie Gregory and God knows, you know, he's yeah. Mervyn Day. You know, it's, yeah. it's people I've, I've just learnt about in the last few weeks, really, people like Ernie Gregory. Um, but yeah, goalkeeper we don't seem to have a problem with, which is not bad, you know. And uh, we've got a couple of good, good youngsters on loan at the moment who are out 
that um, Nathan Trotty's just come back, any from Wimbledon. Um, so yeah, we'll be all right, I think. Obviously, and it's important. I think I, I didn't, I didn't under, I think I underestimate the importance of a goalkeeper when Fabianski got injured recently. Um, Without that, sort of completely fucked up most of our season. To be perfectly honest, changed the round for us, didn't it? You know, yeah. we was looking well till he got Tilly when he was the main reason. So yeah. it's the most. It's listen. It's so important. Not only that, it gives the back four confidence. That's the thing. Yeah. So then, what you saw with West Ham once Fabianski got injured, mm. then what's happening? The fella that sort of come in and his confidence is low now. It spreads to centre half, start making rash decisions. The right back, the left back, you know, they they're on edge. So yeah, it's a, a communication thing. It's the most important thing to keep with the back four. Yeah. And similarly, from it follows on, doesn't it? So it's like the back four are, uh, are confident, and, and you and you guys sit in the middle. Dave, you've got confidence in your centre. You don't have to worry so much about tracking back. And so you know, it just it it breathes. Yeah. It's like some domino effect, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll put him in yeah. goal. Uh, let's go. Let's go left back then, John. Who we got left back? Well, this is, I was going to change my system for these two because you can do Stuart Pierce was. <laughs> I mean, I, I would, well, I, I would change my system to get my players in the team. Do you want me to do that? Yeah, do it, John. John, John, right. you can do well, anything. What I'll say then, yeah, I would say left wing back, yeah, would be Julian because yeah. he was probably the left best left back I've ever played with. He yeah. had everything. He not only was a, you know, the Terminator. He could. He was good in the air. I just used to love it when he. You know, when I was playing alongside him, I see him getting stuck into the wing. It used to inspire me to... Yeah. It gave me a... You know what I mean? And players bounced off players. So, he was uh, tenacious. He was a good athlete. And he had the best left foot. You know, he could... You know, he could open a can of beans, mate, on his left foot. There was nothing. He could drop balls into you. He could... You know, he could chip balls into the front. He could hit a... 30, 40, 50 yard across field. So, and a left, you know, a left back with his goal scoring record, mm. it's yeah. very hard to come by. So, yeah. I would have to, you know, obviously him. Uh, and what I'll do, I'll go three centre halves. Yeah, go on in. I would go Piercy on the left because, yeah. I, apart from Dixie, he's the other best left back I've ever seen. Yeah. So, that's why I'm changing the system, really, to get these two in the pitch. So I'd have yeah, Pearcey, yeah. uh, Stuart Pierce left yeah. centre-half. Again, tenacious, good technique. But they used to they used to frighten the life out of wingers. You I know, can imagine, yeah. I mean, I, saw, I played against Pearcey a few times, mm. and he was an animal, you know. But he wasn't dirty. That's the thing. He wasn't okay, yeah. over the top. And another player with fantastic qualities, great left foot, and uh, you, just, you need them characters in your team because, mm. like any good team, you need to have the opposition feeling a little bit fearful, and they're the sort of players that done that. Definitely, and and you're and you're right. It's like yeah, particularly someone like Julian. You know, not only would he get you guys going, but he'd get the crowd going from a left back. You know, it's it's not a glamorous position, left back. You you have picked probably two of the greatest left backs that West played for West Ham, yeah. but still, it, he could a tackle or one of his, as you said, one of his pins. Yeah. Everyone be on their feet, and uh, we've yeah. heard the stories about you know him training and. 
going in and if he wanted to do it, he'll do it and it wouldn't warm up and we interviewed Tim Breaker. Yeah. He was like, I couldn't understand. He, he really pissed me off because I'd be training, warming up for like 30 minutes and then Julian would just come out and just... Ping a ball. Ping a ball. But that was it. He never stretched. He never done nothing like that. He just used to turn up and that was it. He was ready to play. But I think that was his way of not giving the monkeys. It, it helped his... Do you know what I'm saying? Certain players are like that. Yeah. If he put that, it's not that he was unprofessional. No. The fact that it, it was his way of preparing for a game yeah. or training. You know, he'd so, rather put it in the game as well. It seemed rather than necessarily do. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? For him to go out there and think, right, I'll do my own thing. I'm Julian Dix. That helped him. No. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I'm going to be late to that. So then I'd have Alvin Martin. Yeah, big Alf. Big Alf. Uh, Another player that, uh, anyway, he's a West Ham legend, but another player that was very tough, good in the air, exceptional on the floor. People didn't give him enough credit. That's something that comes through quite a lot, talking to people. The players, yeah, I mean, he was as a player. And what I loved about him, he would, a bit like Stevie Perriman back in the Tottenham days when I, when I was there, not mm. so much with me, but I see it with Glenn Oddle and people, players like that. Alvin would look up to shell a ball and he'd cut it into you, right, into midfield. Well, I love getting on the ball. Yeah. And for me, that was, that was tremendous. And I, I used to think, it, it, what it did for me, the opposition would drop off because he'd look to pe- ping it down or go long or ping it down the line and cut it into me. Yeah. So it'd give me a yard to turn and try. And, and I thought, he's a footballer because he trusted me enough to give me the ball. And it, sure. And listen, he'd do that to all the midfield players. Mm. But he read the game well. He was a good captain, good talker. So him in the middle there, marshalling, I would say was, you know, been a great, uh, what's the combination with, with some yeah. sort of PSE. And the other one alongside him would be Rio Ferdinand. Oh, yeah, nice, nice, nice back three. Yeah. He, he, and the thing is, you've got a balance with the left and right there. And Rio was the Rolls Royce. I mean, yeah. He, there wasn't nothing he couldn't do really. He could play any position in the in the park. Mm-hmm. He he had it all. I mean, he was. He looked like he was never. I mean, I I, I didn't obviously know Bobby Moore, but I watched him in videos, yeah. and he reminded me of him. Always in control, you know. Timed his tackles. Timed wasn't Rio wasn't a smasher and a, and a like the other like Piercy or Dixie. He would nick balls off of people he would you know you couldn't get past him uh and then when he got the ball he would come out he'd come out of it so he'd break into midfield and set play up and so fantastic players we all know uh i'm right wing back i would actually just to get him in the team and he could do this job although he never played there with trevor sinclair oh tricky trev yeah there was uh Another fantastic player. He could play off the left, off the right. But again, he was a fantastic athlete. So mm. he could play that role in that system because Rio would, would come over and be his cover. Yeah. And we'd push Trevor on. You'd get him on the ball going forward more than anything. And he would make an extra attacker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So they're the sort of players that would fit that back system because yeah. the two wing-bats could become wingers up, you know, Dixie and, and Trevor. Yeah, and also you've got enough behind them as cover and enough quality to. So that's that's what I do. 
on the on the back five. There. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. And yeah, you're right. I mean, they're almost like the you know, it's almost like the, the modern day fullback isn't really a fullback now. They they tend to be like defend like auxiliary wingers now, isn't it? They overlap the wingers and stuff. Yeah, you know, you take uh, just an example. Victor Moses become a, a, a wing yes. back at Chelsea. Yeah, because he had enough cover behind him, so Trevor Sinclair could do that all day long. Yeah, in actual fact, he was a better he was a better defender than than him. So uh, that wouldn't be a problem. Nah, okay, we'll put Trevor in. Okay, that's the bat five. Uh, let's go into midfield then, John. Who's he got? Who've we got for you midfielders well, then? This was tough, but I would put Ian Bishop. Bish Bosch, yeah. Bish Bosch, one of the uh, best players I've ever played with at West Ham because yeah. we had a telepathic sort of... Neither of yeah. us were... We were both two-footed uh, and we was quick in the brain. We were, you know, there was a couple of years there, maybe three years, we would put ourselves against any any pair in the middle there. You know, don't care who it was, whether it was, I don't know, we, we had some battles against Holloway and Barker. It was always Vinnie Jones and yeah. the other fella. And then you went into like the Arsenal lot or the Man United lot. We didn't fear no one, I mean, yeah. because we had a lot of confidence and we had a lot of confidence in each other. So I don't know where he was. I could flick a ball around the corner to him, one touch, he'd give it back to me. We'd be freed up, he'd do the same. And he was a player a bit like me where you could hit. You know, off of either foot, long balls. Yeah. You could play short. Very intelligent footballer, Bish. Yeah. And uh, should have played for England, in my opinion. Yeah, should have done. Um, we, when I interviewed Mad Dog, he said, I, I loved Ian Bishop and I hated Ian Bishop with a passion because obviously Mad Dog would be ready, ready for war, you know, when it's game yeah. time. And Bish would go up to the midfield, Oh, hello, mate. How are you? How are you? And he'd be like, what are you, what are you shaking his hand for? I want to kill the man. You know, he's like absolutely brilliant. But, uh, but again, you had these different characters. You had, you yeah. had like, you know, Martin yeah. was seething, ready to ready for war. But yeah, Bish was, you know, a fantastic player and, and, and a lovely guy as well. And again, I could yeah. Yeah, you too. You did. I can I can just remember it. Remember you and him just like doing a little pings to each other. It's so yeah. funny. Bring back all the memories. Right. Okay. Who's next then, John? Uh, then alongside him, uh, I would have to put in Michael Carrick. Yeah. Right. Because another. Absolute quality footballer, two mm. feet, football brain, good athlete, and uh, for a big sort of tall man, yeah. he was very elegant. Uh, he didn't stay as long as you know you would have wanted at West Ham, no. but he was a fantastic footballer, and yeah, I, I couldn't leave him out because I like that type of player. So yes. he he just sort of had a little bit like Rio at times. He never he never got flustered, you know. I, I mean, I remember going to him. We played uh, Arsenal on a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night at Ivory. So they had Petit and Vieira in there. And we was we, we had a, a bit of a makeshift team. Michael, I think it was his away debut. Yeah. And I said to him, listen, Mike, I said, nice and calm tonight. I went, don't worry, son, if there's if it goes off, I'm there to back you up. I said, I, I, said, I want to get into them too anyway. Like, you know, banter. So... We ended up, we was 1-0 up and they give us two terrible decisions. We lost 2-1 right on kickoffs, and it all went off. Anyway, I ended up before the FA on a charge and Mark Foray and Michael Carrick had his cigar and all night he was like, you know, he was like Pirlo in there. And uh, afterwards, 
He said, what happened tonight? Be nice and calm. He said, you're flying about like a lunatic. He said, you're up before the FA. <laughs> You've only sort of 19. Yeah. I said, well, I said, listen, we still had a blinding night that night because we outplayed two World Cup winners. Yeah. So that's how I knew that he was going to be a top draw player. Yeah. And can you see it, John, when you, obviously, when, when the youngsters come up and obviously you've, you've some academy boy, obviously, would, would naturally train with the first team. Could did you know it? Could you see these players like when you train them going, he's a player, mm, don't think much about him? Yeah, without a doubt. I yeah. mean, players, no players, that's an old saying. Yeah, and uh, I think when you've gone through a period of time where you're you know, you had 10 years in the game, a young player comes along like that, you know, you know, and the same as the next one I'd play there in there and I'd play him in the old would be Joey Cole. Yeah, he was just phenomenal when he. When he first broke into training with us, he was arguably as good as Paul Gascoigne at Tottenham when I see him. Yeah. So he was that good, Coley. I mean, he was just a box of tricks. He had so much ability. Uh, and to be honest, it was a little bit, uh, what's the word? At West Ham, there was never really a position they could find for him, Harry. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, yeah. So... I don't say it held him back, but that was sort of labelled with him later on. Mm. You know, he couldn't play as a, in a four-four-two apparently because of the defensive side. So if he weren't playing a ten, where would you play him? So they started playing him out on the left and yeah. things like that. In my opinion, he could play anywhere. Mm. He was that good. So another fantastic talent that come through our academy. Yeah, definitely. And you're right. And you're right. And he was, it was like that famous, that famous free role that that we don't have in yeah. the game anymore. Now that was that that should have been Joe Coles, isn't it? And he's almost like when he went to Chelsea, and it almost like they forced a little bit of that flair that out of him a little bit because he was more yeah. stuck on the left. Well, Mourinho, wasn't it? Yeah, but exactly. So that's where you know in that system I would play him in the old two behind him. Yeah. And obviously, you get the, the deal from the wingers, wing backs. But Coley was, he's one of them players. If I was manager, just go out and play, mate. Go and hurt the opposition. Yeah. And when he had that freedom, I mean, I remember seeing him when he was came through the, the youth team cup final um, and he was twirling, doing those little 360s on the ball, you know, yeah. in the final against Coventry, against a good team. You know, I think Kirkland was in goal for Coventry. They did him like yeah. nine, eight, nine nil. And, you know, it's like, yeah, amazing time that was. All right, we'll put Coley in. Uh, strikers. Strikers. Tough one, this. Uh, you've got to put Canio in. Yeah. What was it like? What was it like with him? You know. He's just a maverick, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, an hour. He's mad. He's mad as a march out the geezer. You look probably got him well with each other because, like, you know, everyone's a bit. Oh yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, I thought I was mad till I met him. I mean, he he was just, he was a classic, but he was one of them fellas that get him fired up, get him on your side. Mm. No, no defender could handle him. No team could handle him. He was just. Uh, he was probably a genius. You'd call a genius player. You know, we had him. His legs had gone or were going a little bit. He wasn't perhaps as quick as quick as he was, but he was still as good as he was. He had. He became even better with the intelligence. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. A player, and uh, 
Yeah, one of the three best players I've ever played with. So, who, who are the other two? Well, I've got to say Glenn Oddle. Yeah. I've got to say Paul Gascoigne, but yeah. Di Canio was the best West Ham player. <laughs> yeah, 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 good caveat. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But it's not a bad. That's not a bad three players to to list as your best three players you played nah. with, John. To be honest. <laughs> well, but PDC him, and, and who's the final piece of this Monica well, this one, I would really struggle because I. I went from Johnny Arson, who I loved, yeah. and Jermaine Defoe and Ian Wright. So in the end, I thought to fit, only to fit the system, I would go Johnny Arson. Yeah. Because he, for me, he had that two years at West Ham where he was unplayable. I mean, totally. and it helped us a little bit because we was a footballing team, but we could turn the ball into him. Mm. And he saved us one year when he signed. I mean, we was bound for relegation. Mm. And he saved us that year. And the year after, I think he might have got 24 goals. And Something like that. Yeah, I think he was, was second. Second in the Premier ridiculous, League. Ridiculous, yeah. And he was just unplayable. And people didn't give him enough credit on the deck because he was a good footballer. He had a good touch. But a bit like Andy Carroll. You hang a ball up, mate, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I remember the debut. It made me laugh. We was in the tunnel and uh, the Tottenham game where we ended yeah. up winning 4-3. And I'd known him before anyway, and I'm standing there, and he went to me, Monkey said, Sol Campbell, he's in the pocket, mate, don't worry about that. And Sol's standing next to him. <laughs> so I went, that's Andy, John. I said, that's good to know. And Sol weren't saying nothing. Because what happened, he used to batter him in his Arsenal Tottenham days in the youth team. Yeah. And that night, I'll be honest with you, the first three balls that went up into the, into the battlefield... Sol Campbell was jumping up with a turtleneck. He was waiting for the, for the smash. Yeah. And Johnny clattered him two or three times. He ended up going off with Amstrick. But uh, just an unplayable, sort yeah. of the old-fashioned Andy Carroll, yeah. you know, Tony Ailey type player. So he'd have to get in just because to, to mix it up a bit. Although I loved Ian Wright and uh, Jermaine Defoe because they was out and out goal scorers. Yeah, yeah, they were. But I think you're right there. I think, yeah, Hartson would fit that, that team quite nicely. And as you said, it gives you another option, doesn't it? He does talk about, when well, I interviewed him, he did talk about that goal, his debut goal. And he just said, look, I was just going to go for it. I knew I had, he said, I actually, almost exactly the same. I had Campbell in my pocket when I knew that when I came on the pitch. And he said, I was yeah. going to go and no one, two, three sole Campbells wouldn't have stopped me scoring that goal. You know, he was on, Campbell was on his ass, And he says, then my manager said, grab the badge, kiss the badge. And I was kissing it and everything. He was like, yeah. He was a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He says, you score against Tottenham. His, manager, his, his agent said, you know, you're going to be a fan favourite. And it's true. It's, and it happens. You know, yeah. was, Tony Cotty did the same thing. He scored in his debut against Tottenham. And exactly. Often. But, um, John, man, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I've really, really enjoyed it. And um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, like the, weather's, oh. you know, the weather's going to be turning, so I don't think you're going to get out tomorrow, but who knows? No, I'll have a day off tomorrow, mate. Have a day off, have a day off. We've got Chelsea, so just watch Chelsea on telly. Right. So there you go. Do a bit of painting. I'll paint my head again like I did at the training ground. I'll paint it clever and blue and watch Chelsea game. The spirit, <laughs> the spirit of, that, of those of those 90s. John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much. And obviously, thank you to everyone for watching. Um, like, share, subscribe. Again, any comments, read them all, humbled by all the, all the support for the channel. And until next time, for me and John, take care, everyone. Stay safe, and we'll see you all very, very soon. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. All right. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.